Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It's June 20th. It's Tuesday. And we're going to do Tuesdays with Tata today. Now, Tata is out of town. He went to San Antonio for a few days with Lisa to see the kids, and, and he'll be back soon. But we had um, just a busy weekend. We were going to get on Zoom and record Tuesdays with Tata, but it was Father's Day, and there was just a lot going on down there. And so we didn't get that done. But I have a, a reminder episode of Tata, when Tata and I talked a few months ago about Romans 12. As the book is getting ready to come out in less than a month, Hope is the First Dose will release into the world. And it's all about how you change your mind after these massive things happen. And, and not just deciding to have a more positive outlook. That's not it. It's, it's clear from neuroscience that the things that we think about and the way that we think about the things that happen to us, so those are two different things, the things that we allow into our minds and the things that the thoughts that we allow to run with and the way that we think about the events that happen around us, the people that are around us, the circumstances of our lives, the way that we choose to think about those things has a tremendous impact on our neurochemistry. And your neurochemistry controls everything else, your hormone states, your cell surface receptors, the way cells divide, how you reproduce, everything, down to several generations. The way that you think about the things that happen to you these massive things or small things, the, the attitudes that you choose to allow to, to develop in your heart or not are central to how your life plays out. Now, understand when I say that, friend. This is really important. I, I just read a book, that I'm, and the author is going to be on the show in a couple of months, and I'll tell you who it is later, but I just read a book that was that's all about sort of church abuse and trauma that happened to this person and, and their family and, and friends of theirs uh, by a domineering pastor and how that church abuse created trauma and created stress and, and pain and, and anxiety and all of them. And, and the whole book is about sort of the feelings that go along with that and how you manage them on a human level. And I just have some insight into that because of my experiences of going through the war with, with PTSD from from the stress of getting mortared and all the combat-related deaths and things that we saw and took care of. And I have images in my mind that still come as flashbacks sometimes. And, and so I have experience with trauma on that level and also have experience with the trauma of difficult and painful experiences, divorce, um, loss. And then, of course, the, the massive one for me was losing my son, Mitch. So, so I've got perspective on trauma from a from an experience standpoint of something that actually physically happened to me in my body and to things that happened around me, to people that I love that caused grief and pain. And so I just want you to understand when I say you can't change your life until you change your mind, that is never, it never means just think about something different. Just decide not to think about it. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean ignore the fact that those things happened. Gabor Mate is a world famous psychiatrist, psychologist rather, and writer. And he said trauma, this is crucial in understanding, trauma is not what happened to you. Because I'm sorry, if somebody raped you, if your if your dad abused you, if if your family had went through some kind of horrible situation, if you lost somebody, that thing has always happened. It's never going to go away. It's always true that that thing occurred. And so if you're if your thinking is that trauma is what happened to you, and that your PTSD or your stress or your anxiety or difficulty mastering that or getting over it is because of what happened to you, then you can never have hope of it changing. Because the event is always out there having happened. Does that make sense? But Gabor Mate clearly, he said it in such a clever way. Trauma is not what happened to you. It's what you, it's what happens inside you as a response 
to what happened to you. It's what happens inside you. And what that means is your response to trauma is your body's natural fight or flight, stress, anxiety, depression, chemical imbalances, all the things that can happen as a result of traumatic experiences, right? And that's the thing that you can do something about. You can learn how to change your mind about understanding what you're feeling and how to process it and understanding that your brain throws a lot of things at you that are that are thoughts and feelings that simply aren't true after trauma. Like a pastor abuses you and you think that God is unfaithful. Well, that's a thought that turns out not to be true, but that your brain makes you think that because that pastor had a role in your mind of somebody who was supposed to represent what God is like. Right. And so you can learn how to unwind the responses that you had to those traumas and tragedies and massive things, even if you can't change the fact, even though you can't change the fact that they did actually happen. And so I just want you to be crystal clear. When I talk about change your mind and change your life, I'm not just talking about putting a smile on and and changing into a better thought pattern. I'm going to teach you in coming months, and in the book, a plan for how you can literally change the way that your brain responds to difficult response, to difficult circumstances and events in your life. And you can learn how to find hope again, and you can learn how to find peace and healing and maybe even happiness again. It'll be a little different than you were used to, but you can find it. So this Tuesday's Otata episode is all about Romans 12, and, and, and Tata got, got into the, the weeds, really the depths, and mined a lot of juice out of this incredible chapter. But the verse I, I'm always telling you about that I want you to leave you with right now as we get into Tuesday's Otata is Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to the world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? It's, it, it means well, when 2,000 years ago when Paul said it, the hearers would have said, hey, we can. Christ gives us the opportunity to die to the old self and be born again and raised in a new mind, a new life, a new spirit, and all that. That's true. A, tra- a transformation, a resurrection of sorts. So you can you can literally die to how it used to be for your old life, and you can literally become a new person that comes with a new brain, a new mind, a new thinking pattern, a new thought pattern, behavior pattern. You can learn how to undo all that, the effects of those things that you've been through, and you can learn to have a new mind. But now it's really amazing as we've gotten better at understanding neuroscience and brain imaging and functional brain imaging and all the things that we can do in 2023. Now we know that you literally transform your mind when you change the way you think. You literally change how the cells in your brain work and how they divide and how they connect to other cells and how they break old harmful synapses and create new ones and how they change neurotransmitter levels and change hormonal states and change the way that your brain hormones and your gut hormones connect with your cell surface receptors and how they change the way that your cells in your body work. And you literally can change the DNA of your body and change the way that your next generation of cells in your body happen by changing what you think about and changing how you think about those things that occur. So that's what it means. Stop letting the world smash you into the shape it wants you to be in based on the experiences, feelings, thoughts, and patterns that you've had in the past. And start letting God teach you how to change your mind, literally, which will change your life. It'll change your body. It'll change your children. It'll change your grandchildren. It'll break generational curses. That's what I mean. That's what Dr. Warren means when I say you can't change your life 
until you change your mind. Tuesdays with Tata, this episode is all about Romans 12 and what it has to say about how we handle those things that we go through and how we stop conforming to what the world wants to squeeze us into and how we start transforming into what God wants to allow us to be. I've got some incredible guests coming up. We got an unbelievable uh, group of people coming onto the show, and some some everyday hope episodes of people who have been through incredible things, and some and some really uh, people you've heard of or people you know who've endorsed the book that are coming on the show soon to give you some in- encouragement and insights into how you can really use the treatment plan to make changes in your brain and changes in your heart and changes in your life and changes in your family and changes in your future if you learn. How to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. My goodness, what a beautiful Sunday afternoon, huh, Tata? Yes, it is. Sitting by the river and enjoying the sunshine. Amen. The sky is clear. A little breeze today. Yeah, we sat out by the river for a long time, and... If it weren't for the little gnats and the dogs trying to cross the river, we could have stayed out there for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Friend, it's uh, it's Sunday afternoon, but you're going to hear this on Tuesdays, and that can only mean one thing. It's Tuesdays with Tata. Thank you. How are you doing, Tata? I am, excuse me. I am well. How are you? I'm really well. We had a, a good weekend, a little bit of rest and catch up from a couple of really busy weeks, but it's um, it's going well. And uh, we're hearing from lots of people all over the world that they're making good decisions in September. And out on the prayer wall, there's lots of uh, challenges and lots of praises. And a friend, if you have something going on in your life and you need a community of people to pray with and for you all around the world, hit the prayer wall at wlewarnmd.com slash prayer. That's uh, a great, it's turned into a great little community, Tata. Mm-hmm. Yes, it has. Always uh, a lot uh, going on. Uh, yes, a lot of people are suffering. And if you don't know how to pray or if you always are one of these people that can't seem to find anything to talk about, well, get on the prayer wall and just spend a few minutes just telling God to to bless those people that are putting those prayer requests out there. Even if you don't want to put one up yourself, you can certainly use it as a resource to help yourself find other people who need desperately need your prayers. So it's a great opportunity. And uh, we're just trying to help. Right, Tata? Amen. That's right. That's right. And it's not that we know all the answers. We probably have more questions than answers, but at least what, what we're doing is sharing what we know and what we have. That's right. We're coming up on 60 episodes of Tuesdays with Tata. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, it is. It seems like uh, we just decided to start this last year. Pretty crazy. Well, Tata, you had a verse you wanted to talk about today. Uh, yes, it's a question. 
And, 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 and I'll give you just a minute to get to, your, get, get to the reading. It's in Romans uh, chapter 12. Okay. Um, and it, but, but Paul poses a question in verse 1. And please know I'm using the, uh, the Passion Translation, so it may sound a little bit different than what you're looking at. But one of the things that I have found, when the, the Bible is divided into chapters, mm-hmm. but, but often if you'll read the last verse of the previous chapter, you'll have an, a better understanding of why and what, that, what the meaning of the, the chapter that you're reading. That's right. And so what I'm doing, what I will do is I'll share with you uh, chapter 11, verse 30. And, and here's Paul is talking about God. He said, for out of him, the sustainer of everything came everything. And now everything finds fulfillment of him. May all praise and honor be given to him forever. Amen. Then he starts out in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? Mm. Good question. What should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? Mm. Heavy question, and, and something we need to ponder about because as we examine ourselves and we're making decisions about ourselves and how how we're how we're going to live, then we need to be. That's a good question and a good place to start. Amen. And so stop. But and so what? I, what I'm doing in this chapter, I'm just going to highlight certain things that Paul talks about, and and as we go along, I'll try to give you a better understanding of what what this chapter is about. And, and one of the things that I would suggest to you is. Please read it. Please study it. Meditate on it. Think about it. And one of the things that, and I don't know if I don't know where this came from. I, in long, I, I, somewhere in my life, I decided that when I read the Bible, I was going. I asked God to speak to me, and I asked Him to help me understand. That's right. Help me discern. What are you saying? What do you want me to know now? And so that's what we try to do. And so the, I pose a question again with Paul, and Paul always, he uses, this is one of his methods of writing, that he, he used questions frequently, but they were, they were almost rhetorical, yeah. Yeah, because he answered them. That's right. So there was a question that, that he posed the question and then gave the answer. Beloved friends, what should we be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to his sacred living sacrifices. And that, so we, we, we do that, and that's our response. Our, the most simple response is surrender ourselves to him. Wow. Surrender him, ourselves to him as a living sacrifice. Think about that, as a living sacrifice. Under the old law, sacrifices were offered, and they were put on an altar and burned up. That's right. But a living sacrifice continues day in and day out, yep. moment to moment. That's right. So that so we, when we when we make that decision and when we surrender, that means we give up. That's right. And we and we say very simply, "Okay, God, I get it. It's your plan. It's your watch. Have your way with me." In a discussion. That's right. And then in verse three, or verse two, rather, Paul says, "Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you." Again, that's an answer to the question. That's right. What is what is our proper response? To okay. stop imitating the scope. Now, what does that mean? Hopefully, we're not doing that, but we're probably subjected to it because it's it's never we're being bombarded by it. Every piece of news that you see, or every piece of media that you open or read, 
is, is talking about that, about what's happening today, That's what's right. real today. That's right. <coughs> yeah, so you, you're right. I mean, we've been talking a lot about the, the decisions that we're making in September. That I want you to, every day to focus on making one good decision. We've already talked about how Romans 12, 2 is, is one of those decisions. Says you can decide you're going to change your mind. And, that's, and the Bible says that's how you do it. You quit trying to conform to what the world says, and rather you transform your life by the renewing of your mind, the NIV says. So change your mind, and you'll change your life. And that happened, the, the, the problem is culture is so pervasive. And, and by the way, this, this idea of progressive Christianity and progressive ideology, it's not new. It's, it's just reformed uh, old philosophical arguments that have been happening since the first century yes. of did God really mean what he said yes. when he told us to do this or do that? Did, right. did God really mean what he said? Is the Bible really real? It's like the culture continues to try to convince you that God didn't really mean what he said. And the, and the problem with that is it's hard to let your life be transformed if you keep trying to conform That's right. to what the society Well, and remember, too, that and, and Satan's war against us, and that's a war that mm-hmm. we're in, that if he can't change our mind about God, he'll change our mind about ourselves. That's right. What we think, what we feel, <clears throat> what we understand, what we want to do. Yep. Amen. In a, a couple of weeks, in fact, Friday the 30th of September, um, we're going to have a special guest on the podcast named Melissa Childers. She was kind of famous uh, a few years ago. She was a member of a Christian band called Zoe Girl. Um, but later in her life, she's become something of a theologian. She got kind of enticed by progressive theology and, and sort of fell away from her upbringing in Christianity. And, and then she kind of found her way back to a more Bible-based faith by looking at, at, at what the Bible actually, how the Bible actually holds up as a historical document and how real it really is. And it's very verifiable that the Bible is a legitimate source of, of truth. And so she has written a new book called, her first book was called Another Gospel. And it's about how the progressive Christian ideology is not really the gospel. It's a, it's a false teaching, mm-hmm. like Gnosticism. But her new book is called um, Live Your Truth and Other Lies. And it's this idea of what you just said. There's not multiple truths. There's a truth. Jesus didn't say, I am one of the truths. He said, I am the truth. That's right. And the way and the life. And if you want to find freedom, you'll stop trying to figure out what your truth is. Because there's not more than one. There's only one. That's right. And and why why do all of that searching? Just, Just accept it. That's right. And back to this, back to chapter 12 of Romans, the next section, Paul talks about our proper role in the church and and the body of Christ. But again, we're emphasizing how how we can decide to uh, accept and how to surrender. And so in verse 9, let the inner, inner movement of your heart always be to love one another. And that is, a, that is, when you dwell on that and you think about that and to love one another, and, and, and that is a command. And not, not just, uh, just Paul's uh, writings, but Jesus Christ said that. That's a right. new commandment I give you, to love one another yep. as I have loved you. That's right. And so, and then in verse 10, be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. As members of yeah. one family, to love your your fellow believers. Now, is it, sometimes some people say that, well, they're hard to love. 
That's right. And they, they, they have, they, they just, they, we just can't do it. We just can't make peace with them. Well, that, they follow the example of Jesus Christ. His, his answer was always to make peace and right. always to help those that were needing. That's right. So many times what happens is when we see someone and they, we decide that they are hard to love, it's how we're looking at them. That's right. Because we don't know where the, what their walk is like. That's right. By the way, um, Tata's reading from the Passion Translation, which is a pretty new translation of the Bible, and it is available for free on the YouVersion uh, app, the Bible app, um, YouVersion.com. Uh, is a, a Bible app that we use a lot that has multiple translations available, and the Passion Translation is available on there for free. So check it out; it's a great, uh, a great new translation. We love it. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been eye opening for me. And then Paul goes on to say, "Try to outdo yourselves in to in respect and honor of one another. Mm. Try to outdo yourself." Yeah, and 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 the NIV says. Always think more highly of the other than yourself. That's right. And if we t- if we adopt that posture, then we won't be looking inwardly as much. We'll be looking outwardly. That's right. To 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 see how we can be of help. That's right. Because we're not in this thing together. We're not in this thing alone. We're in this thing all together, That's whether right. we like it or not. That's right. And then in verse verse. Uh, Verse 11, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. you have a picture of that? Mm. Keep your passion toward the Lord, Jesus Christ, boiling hot. Wow. So, and, and that, that speaks volumes to me because that says many things. Like one, you want to see him, you want to know him, and you want to understand him. That's right. You want to touch him. But if we if we think about that, and if we think about Jesus Christ and what He did, and what He He came to save us, He did not come to judge the world. He came to save the world. That's right. And He became He. he well, it's obvious because He no longer He started calling His disciples His friend. That's right. His friends, mm-hmm. because they were they were they were they walked together and they talked together, they ate together. And they were together in the whole process. Then did they understand fully? Not so, but that was later revealed. And then in verse 12, let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. That's right. So if we find ourselves in God's family, and that's where we all want to be, and that's where we are. That's right. And then we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and made him Lord of our lives. That's right. Then, then, then that hope—that's a—that's a—we have a hope that no one else can have, and because there's no other place to place your hope and your trust. That's right. And have faith. Yeah. NIV says, "Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer." Joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. In the Voice translation, I, this is what I sign when when people ask me to sign. Uh, I've seen the interview. I sign Romans twelve twelve in the voice, and it says, "Don't forget to hold on to. Don't forget to rejoice, for hope is always right around the corner." Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hope is always that's, just around the corner. That's right. That's right. Because and then he continues in that verse, verse, uh, verse thirteen. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but mm. commune with God all at all times. Mm. Don't give up, and talk to God. 
And we, when we talk about talking to God, we talk about prayer. Yeah. But in my, my, in my experience, you can, we, can have, we can have a conversation with him anytime. He wants to hear from us. That's right. And, and what that does, it causes in a posture of leaning on him. That's right. And we, we find ourselves agreeing with him because he said, and Jesus Christ said also, that apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. And so we, he, when we agree with him that that's true and that we believe it and that we have, we, we, we have communion with him. And that's, that's what Paul is speaking that, but commune with God at all times. That's right. Rely on him. Take a, and, and at verse, uh, in verse 13, take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them. That's right. Helping them. Reach out to them. Don't wait. Because if you, if you, you eagerly, you eagerly wait, you look, you eagerly wait for people and you eagerly. want to help them. Yep. And then verse 14, speak blessings, not cursing, over those who reject and persecute you. That's right. So, and that, and they, Paul is the Lord has said a lot about that as well. And then you celebrate in verse thirteen and in verse uh, fifteen. Celebrate with those who celebrate. Weep with those who grieve. Still, that's still that's still looking back at loving one another. That's right. Being concerned about one another and being concerned about one another's well being. That's right. And so that's where that's where we need to be. That's that's answer to our response, our proper response. That's right. Our proper response. And then, and I go down to verse 17. Never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Mm. Think about that. Wow. Plan your life around trying to help others. And so... What, what, what it needs to do, what we need to do is we need to take, the, the, take our eye off of ourselves right. and look to others. That's right. <clears throat> no matter what circumstances bring to our lives, no matter what we're faced with, if we can hold on to gratitude and hope and an outward look to how we can help other people, that's a great way to deal with anxiety and depression, isn't it? It's right. focusing out at other people and how we can love and serve them. It's like in that message that we heard t- today, um, and, and when we confess our sins to one another, it's like taking a mask off. That's right. And you're full of fear and intrepidation as you do that, and you say, oh my goodness. And the other person may say, me too. Yeah. Me too. Me too. That's right. So we, we join small, we, we're afraid to join small groups because we don't want to let people see who we really are. That's right. We're afraid they'll say, "Really, you're like that." But what they really say is, "Hey, I'm like that too." Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. generally true. Because, yeah. because what are we? Yes, we're forgiven, but we're still sinners. That's right, and we still sin. Hmm. Um, it, and it doesn't make any difference where you are or who you are or what you're doing. You will do that. Wow. Then and then the next encouragement from the Apostle Paul is. Do your best to live as everybody's neighbor. Mm. He said, "He said, do your best." Is it easy to do? No, no, absolutely not. Because there are people that 
that that offend you by not only their mannerisms, but what they not, not what they say, but their mannerisms and and how they walk and how they talk. It it and it's, it, it they, their intent. It seems like they are intending to offend you. That's right. Seems like it's their plan, but don't accept that. That's right. Don't let them decide for you how you're going to feel. That's right. You decide. And beloved, don't be obsessed. I think that's a that's a hard word, obsessed. When you just it speaks to being filled, volumes. Don't be obsessed with taking vengeance, but leave to God righteous judgment. For the, Bible, for the scripture says in Deuteronomy, God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. I will repay. That's right. And then he goes on to say, if you're hungry, if your enemy's hungry, buy him lunch. <laughs> Win him right. over with kindness. I think the King, the King James, the NIV says, heap coals of fire on his head. Yeah. And, and that's what we'll do. It will change his mind. For your suffering, your, I'm sorry, for your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience. That's right. And God will reward you with favor. Never let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. That's right. So what, is, what, does, that say, what does that say in the nutshell? It says to me, uh, don't live your life for yourself. That's right. Because Amen. your life doesn't belong to our life doesn't belong to us anyway. Everything that we have and everything that we are is a gift from God. We we were created. That's right. And and, and in, in today's culture, the theme is be yourself. That's right. What is yourself? If you're not God's creation, then you're a child of the devil. That's right. Man, this is a great, this is going to segue really well into that conversation with Alyssa Childers. Because one of the other things that she talks about in the book, it's a stunning book. It's not even out yet, but the publisher, Tyndale, sent me an advanced copy in preparation of having her on the show. And one of the other things that she's talk, that she talks about is all these different cultural lies that the devil and our society are trying to make people believe right now. And one of them is, I am enough. Yeah. You're all, even Christian influence, you hear them yeah. say, yeah. you are enough, you're enough, you're enough, I'm enough. No, you're not. That's right. We're nothing. If we don't have Christ, we don't have enough power. Right. We don't have enough hope. We don't have enough sustainability for this life. We, we have to have his power to get through this life. We are That's not right. enough. That's right. And if you try to think, convince yourself that you're enough... Yeah. My friend, I promise you, you will finish every day wondering why you're so tired and why you're so thirsty and why you're so hungry and why all these goals that you set never seem to fulfill you. That's right. Because you're not enough. You That's need right. him. That's right. And he will make you complete. That's right. Jesus or some, uh, C.S. Lewis, I think, is the one that said if you, um, if you have God plus everything, you still have the same. That's right. And if you have everything without God, you have nothing. That's right. Well, and, and, and that, there, that is not sustainable anyway, that posture, because even after a time, you'll still grow weary of it. That's right. It's not going to fulfill you. It's not going to, there's no hope in that. Mm. There's no faith in that. There's no trust in that. Nope. There's nothing to hold on to. That's right. The gospel based on our ability to improve ourselves or being enough in and of ourselves or finding our own truth is not very good news. No, it is not. And it's not because it has no future. That's right. There are no promises. 
because because one of the things that that, that we have to admit uh, at some point in time is that what we know today is going to end. Right. It's going to end. That's right. We see people. We, well, we, the the Queen of England. She was what ninety six when she when she passed away. She lived a full life. She was a she was a classic example of someone that held on held on to Jesus' hand. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even though she was in, in this royal family, but think that ended. Yeah. Her life ended. Yeah. And 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 so everyone is left to look at. So and, and so because once upon so at some point in time, everybody is going to be asking the same question. That's right. Why was he here? Why? Why was she here? Where are they now? That's right. And and what influence did they have? And what hope did they have? What kind of example did they they provide for us? What what ha- would we follow them? Do we follow them? Hmm. Do we consider them to be uh, one of our leaders? But we need to think about that. Think about those. But what we're looking at today is temporal. It's 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 not uh, it's not sustainable. It's not real. It's That's just right. for a short life. That's right. And mm-hmm. so, in all of this, in all of these things that the Apostle Paul is saying in Romans chapter twelve, uh, he it, he boils it all down to. For me, the essence of it is never let evil defeat you, hmm. but defeat evil with good. That's right. So but, change your mind and don't let evil defeat you. That's right. And don't quit hoping. That's right. Never give up hope. No, never. Wow, Tata, what a great walk through Romans 12. Friend, if you want some power for your life, I'm telling you, memorizing Scripture and having handy scripture to come into your brain that the holy spirit can use to remind you of truth as he says when you're facing difficulties man romans 12 would be a great chapter even little bits of it to commit to memory so when you're facing some struggle and everybody's trying to peer pressure you into behaving a certain way you can say do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that's right And, and, and and don't forget to hold on to hope you know, don't don't forget to rejoice because hope is just around the that's, corner. Yes, right? that's right. I love it. Those are always I great. do too. I do. These that are is, great. That is profound. Tata, I'm going to give you a preview. So we have uh, we have three conversations we're going to have in coming weeks. Not necessarily next week or whenever, but I'm working on three to throw at you. And I'm just going to give you a little heads up, Tata. Okay. For one one episode we're going to talk about high places, and all throughout the Old Testament, yeah. the kings of Israel kept messing up. Is the, the, the the book would say, this king came along and he did good things before the Lord, but he refused to tear down the high places, and that led to his downfall. Over and over we see it. And so we're going to talk about what high places are and why they're relevant to our life today. And we're not talking about temples on hills, but we're talking about things that we hold on to that we secretly believe we need in addition yeah. to God. Yes. We're going to talk about high places. Another one, we're going to talk about well, Jeremiah in chapter 12, the great speckled bird that he talks about. What the great, what in the world does a great speckled bird have to do with Tuesdays with Tata? We're going to talk about that. And the last one is uh, we're going to talk about sour grapes. So there's four places in the Bible where this old proverb, the fathers eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. 
We're going to talk about what that means. So there's just three little highlights for you to be thinking about. And uh, I'm going to pick your brain and get your wisdom on those three strange ideas from the Old Testament. They'll be really fun Tuesdays with Tata Talks. And so, Tata, have you been on the prayer wall lately? I guess I looked at it. It's, My uh, goodness. I know. It, uh, it, it's very heavy. There's so much. Uh, but there are, there are some people that are rejoicing, too. But uh, And then the message we got today that was about... Uh, uh, a, a young man that was arrested yeah. and imprisoned because of some sort of abuse. Uh, yeah, it's a domestic abuse situation, and you know we have a, a situation with a friend of ours that's a family member of hers is in the middle of a situation like that too, and it's just so it's so hard when when there's family strife and, and when the legal situations happening within marriages, and, and there's just so much turmoil there. And, and then we have a lot of people with physical ailments and, and injuries and, and cancers and different things. A good friend of ours, another friend dealing with glioblastoma. And just there's so much, Tata, and it just seems so hard sometimes. And that's why I think Romans 12 is a perfect thing to think about today. Yeah, Joyful and hope and patient in affliction. And, and um, I appreciate you bringing us through that today, Tata. Thank you. You're welcome. Would you uh, you want to lead us in a prayer? Okay. Father, we give you thanks for this day that you have made, and we rejoice in it. We thank you for all of our blessings. Thanks for being mindful of us, Amen. watching over us, protecting us from harm, especially the little ones, Father. We thank you for our food, clothing, and shelter. We're blessed in abundance. We have more than we need. We're blessed and highly favored, blessed beyond measure. And, Father, we, we join all of these that are have laying petitions before before you and laying petitions alongside us that we can come into your presence and we can seek relief and, and, and blessings on their behalf. Amen. Father, we just ask you to be mindful of those people. Father, we know that nothing's too difficult for you and we know that, that, that people are relying on you, Father. They're trusting you. They have confidence in you. They're, they want to be with you. Yes. They want to know you. They want to see you. And they're asking for relief. They're asking for blessings from healing, recovery, and the pain that, that they're, uh, they're going through right now. And Father, please help them understand that you're not unaware of that. Amen. Make sure that they understand that you know and that you are working. But Father, we ask you for healing. We ask you for recovery. We ask you for peace. And we ask you for comfort. Mm. And Father, we, because we trust you, we have confidence in you, we have nowhere else to go. And we rely on you. You are our Heavenly Father. You are our God. You are our Heavenly Father. You are our our brother, our friend. And Father, we trust you. We respect you. Yes. And we love you. And Jesus, we love you. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for all of the blessings that we have made made possible through your death on the cross. Mm. We now have forgiveness of our sins and, and and by your blood, we the washing of our sins, wash our sins away. Amen. So we thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding us and keeping us on the pathway. Yes. And we ask all of this in the sweet and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, your Son and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tata. I'm excited about um, pressing in a little bit more. I'm going to use Romans 12 in my personal Bible time this week and just spend a little more time in that. I think that's a good decision you could make, friend. If, if you're going to make a good decision for today, let it be to spend more time in the Word of God and, and pick some verses out of Romans 12 to commit to memory. I think that would be incredibly useful. And Tata, i got one question for you. People are going to 
be joyful in hope and patient in affliction and faithful in prayer, when should they start? Today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmb.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.